good people peace fee how you feeling today i feel really good today how are you i feel grateful for the growth grateful for the growth gratitude yes. thank you all for tuning in to another episode of soul affirmations with felicia and kariga with kariga and felicia and most importantly you the listener on the black love podcast network yes yes wow happy to be here fee you have an affirmation for us today i do i opened up my book and Without having to thumb through, it came right to page 64. Mm. And it reads, I honor my reality and the hard work it requires to embrace my truth. I do not have to escape my feelings or rise above them. They are true and I will let them be true. I could do with another listen of that. Yeah, I was going to double it back, bring in it. Read it for me again because it's, it's, it's a double, it's like yes. three sentences. I honor my reality and the hard work it requires to embrace my truth. Mm-hmm. I do not have to escape my feelings or rise above them. They are true and I will let them be true. Mm. I do not have to escape my feelings or rise above them. Mm-hmm. They are true and I will let them be true. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I could elaborate on where this affirmation comes from, but I feel like it is pretty honest. In its written format, this was me honoring how I felt mm-hmm. um, amidst outside noise mm-hmm. that would try to mitigate how I should feel, mm-hmm. whether that was, you know, someone's processing of my experience or whether that was me observing someone else on social media. Like there was a lot of work that was required of me to note how I was feeling mm-hmm. and be okay with how I was feeling. And mm. I recognize that that too is an ongoing process. It is not something that I'm just doing on, on the early onset of grief or in the first year. I am still honoring how I'm feeling, noting how I'm feeling, doing the work to be okay with how I'm feeling as we are approaching her third birthday. Mm-hmm. It is a changing and ongoing process. Felicia, I am, I found myself forgetting that I was on the podcast and I was simply just a listener. Mm. And I really enjoyed what you just shared. Consistent with what I know about our practice and consistent with your gifting. But I want to name the reality you shaped for us when, so you don't have to escape your feelings or rise above them. Right? And that nugget there is consistent with something else I learned on the Black Love Podcast Network Mm. from the amazing Clarks. (laughs) When Anthony says, uh, we have to learn to go within so we don't go without. Man. And I, so those two. Phrases for me are positioning me to understand my feelings deeper, or at least understanding my path to my feelings deeper. And that is, yeah, that 
the call, the construct that I create in my brain at times to rise above. I'm clear that I can't escape, but I think in some instances I've tried to rise above things, certainly not grief, but I need to understand all my feelings. Yes. And grief has helped me understand more about my feelings. Absolutely. So I'm recognizing that, yeah, I don't have to escape and I don't have to rise above. Mm -hmm. The courage is to go within those feelings Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and figure out what they're teaching you and what is causing some of those feelings. And because it's often, it's not just the feeling we have. The feeling we have is an indicator of an experience we're having. And that can be based on an outside variable. And if you never know how to investigate and or change that outside of variable, you'll think that those feelings are strictly you. Mm-hmm. Right. I was talking with Dr. Italo Brown the other day mm-hmm. and he was naming for us. Uh, some, some brothers in the room were asking about somebody just named it, right? Mm. Backwoods. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us the medical breakdown on them. Mm. And it was so powerful to hear that come in that room. And his answer was so profound to me. And he stated that um, the first thing that I want to tell you is that nobody's expecting you to make a change all of a sudden. What I recommend is reduction in harm. So that is if you have a habit or a frequency, reduce that frequency. And he also shared with us that it's not so much the smoking that you need to investigate. Pay attention to the variables or what's happening around you that's causing you or triggering you to want to go there. When designed like that for a listener like me, it was such a powerful pathway. Mm-hmm. And it's reigning consistent with Anthony Clark and now you, right? When he says, we have to learn to go within so we don't go without. And now you're saying, and I respect this process and I don't have to rise above it or escape it. So mm. when you, it's like I learned my feelings from all four directions above it, below it, mm. to the right of it, to the left of it. Mm-hmm. And now I have a, a deeper understanding of my feelings. Man. Mm. Oh, wow. That is profound. Wow. That is profound. Being able to name that. So important. Yeah, this one got me. uh, I'm finding myself deeper in Mm. listening to you. Please continue. Man, no, I I appreciate you breaking, breaking that down for us. And what really has stuck out for me is what Dr. Italo Brown said. In identifying that no one has an expectation mm-hmm. and how important that is. Because sometimes hearing that for me helps me see that no one has the expectation. What am what am I putting on myself? Ah. What have I created for myself? Uh-huh. And the other night I was having a conversation with you and I was trying to identify what it was that I was feeling because I could feel it in my body, but I wanted to be able to name it, right? And it was 
around me having a an idea of what I wanted my day to look like and it not going that way at all. Mm-hmm. And I was frustrated and I don't even think I named it as frustration, but what I was trying to do was realize like, okay, what around me is happening because it was a familiar feeling. Why, why has this occurred for me again? Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to be gentle with myself and say, hey, all right, I had plans to honor what my body was telling me it needed. And those things were, I needed fruits and veggies because we've been traveling. Mm-hmm. I needed some time to just like rest mm-hmm. and have water. And lastly, I had been feeling this, and I want to be careful about the word that I use. So I'll use a pool, if you will, to go and have some intentional time with Kamayu because we have been traveling. And for me, that looks like going into the Kamayu corner, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I even felt a little bit more um, weight of disappointment from not being able to honor that part mm-hmm. of my day. But being able to have a conversation with you about it and name just that alone and honor those feelings was so important for me to try again the next day. And so here I am in the next day and I tell myself, all right, I'm about to do my little fruits and veggies. All right, I already went to the store. I got my spinach. I got uh, my apples. I got my oranges, ginger. my ginger, my lemons. And that's my little mix that I make for my, my, uh, my juice. And I started my day with that. I didn't even go get my coffee. I was like, no, I want to really honor that. I said that I needed this. I asked myself, and this is what I said, so I'm going to do that. Can I, I want you honor yourself. You know what you said. You're going to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel so immature for asking you to stop for a second. When you were listing your ingredients mm-hmm. for your- uh, My juice. Juice. All I could think about was Cookie Monster and Gonger. <sighs> you are so immature. And- and they make the f- place your order if you lucky. lucky. We make food in our foodie truck. Yeah. Obviously, we have a toddler. So when you said ginger, <laughs> I thought ginger. Ginger. <laughs> That's how Gonger would say That's it. That's how Gonger says it. <laughs> um, so I started my day with my juice. And after I was able to nourish my body, feed myself, feed Kamali, play a little bit, worked herself into her nap time, mm-hmm. I had a little time for me to go out in the backyard and do some stretching. I wanted to be in the sun. I wanted to ground myself, if you will. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I had this, I don't know if it's epiphany or a vision, but I, I felt like I would find Kamayu outside mm-hmm. um, under the pergola. Mm-hmm. And so I was drawn to being outside. So I'm outside and I'm doing my stretches. And something that was really important for me was recalling if I could still see Kamayu when my eyes were closed. And I closed my eyes and I could see her and I was like, okay, I can, I'm still able to do this. This is something that I was practicing. And that's important, but while I was doing my stretches, our friend John comes mm-hmm. out, our brother comes mm-hmm. out and he's sitting under the pergola and he's like, am I disturbing you? I said, no. And I finished my stretches and then he mentions to me that he has a project that he has been trying to fulfill. And that morning he was saying that to himself so that he could manifest it. 
And as I'm listening to him talk about this idea of manifesting something that he wanted, that he believed he could do, I found myself becoming tense. Mm -hmm. My jaws were clenching. Mm. I was holding my body with my arms wrapped around me where my fingers were behind my back. Do you understand? Like wrapped forward that way. I was holding tightly myself clenched. very tightly clenched. And I was noting that. And with courage, because I wanted to honor what I was feeling and name it, I was explaining to John, like, I have a really tough time with that idea. Like, I don't believe that I can manifest anything. And I've said this to you before, mm -hmm. and I've said it in therapy. I've said it in very closed spaces because I don't know how it would be perceived by others. But this is my truth. I have a very tough time wrapping my head around this concept of manifesting something because in 2019, I believed, I prayed, and I had my heart and my mind set on bringing Kamayu into this world and holding her in my arms, right? And so I was explaining that to John and he was saying, no, Felicia, you can do it. Like, you can, you can do this. You can create, you can birth something into this world. You've done it. And so I'm saying, well, yeah, you know, I know that I have, but like I would trade everything in if I could just have Kamayu back. And I know I've said that, Mm -hmm. before on, on this podcast. And he was saying, okay, but aren't there things here that you would want, want, you know, want to keep? Aren't there things here that help you to, ex you know, accept what's happened? And he was asking me about acceptance. And I said, well, I feel like I've accepted. And, and let me be clear. He's asking me with a very gentle heart. Um, it's not, have you accepted what's happened to you? It's more of, um, have you accepted Kamayu coming to you in the way that she has? And so I, I expressed to him that I feel that I have accepted because I'm okay with knowing that I'd rather know this pain because I know the love that I have for her than to never have known her at all. Mm -hmm. But still, I just grit my teeth and I can't get past this like manifesting something. And I realized as I am gritting my teeth and I'm talking to John and he is helping me understand in, in other ways, reframing for me, if you will, that I have done this for myself. I recognized and realized that what I'm doing is if I believe that I could manifest something today, I feel like it takes me away from what has happened and it takes me further away from her. Mm. What I'm saying mm. is it feels like I'm not honoring, honoring what happened between us, honoring that grief, honoring that the experience of bringing her into this world, I think I'm being clear and I'm doing my, my very best to clarify as, as best as I can because it means so much to me. But I realized like, oh, I feel like if I do this, 
that I'm leaving her behind. Mm. Another way of me leaving her behind. I, um, wow. Having the privilege to sit here with you and see you process this real time, mm. but also consistent with the privilege of sitting down with you regularly <laughs> on this podcast and in therapy and in life as partners. There are some things that I've heard you say that is consistent with what you've just said. Mm. There are things that are consistent that would support your position. Mm. And there are things that are consistent that will evolve your position. Mm-hmm. Can I share some of the learnings that I, I've had? I'd from love you? to hear that. In the early parts of the grief, your voice was so powerful. And I had challenges learning to just let your voice be your voice. And still work from the angle of what I was seeing. Mm. And early when you said nothing can come from this, mm-hmm. it was one of my hardest challenges to be with and be with the way I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I was feeling different was because after the loss of my brother in 2014, I remember the feeling, the reality of almost losing my voice, my identity, everything. Mm. My jaws were clenched shut mm-hmm. in regret and sadness and anger. And I knew that the the law of life that I lived by was that there was more to come. Mm. I just can't see any of it. Mm-hmm. All I can see is what I've experienced and what is inside of me. Right. So when you said nothing can come from this, I had to learn how to hold that with radical gentleness (laughs) and still work and pray and pray and work and work not in produce labor for an outside entity. Work as it on myself. Work as in get out the bed before you and begin to pray. Mm. Work as in be alert and attentive to what your needs were. And then still find time to process my feelings. Mm. And this is why the brothers that were around me were so important. Mm -hmm. Because they knew how to show up just for that slither of time. Mm -hmm. That was for me. But I, what I used to hear is nothing can come from this as a choice. Or as a position. Affected by your reality. I later heard as a manifestation. Mm. It wasn't a choice that you spoke. It was a law. Mm. Because you had the power to speak that law in your life. And being loving and gentle and non-judgmental enough, because I didn't know it was a law then. It was your feelings to me then. Mm. To let that happen while I still worked and prayed and prayed and worked and worked. and Because that's how I get down. From the losses. Mm. I feel like I almost didn't come back from. Like. The career that you hear on the podcast today. And can articulate his feelings. I didn't care about none of that. I was acting on a law. That was. 
as true to me as the air I breathe. That you can't take one of my brothers and expect us not to do nothing. Because I don't know who you are, or what you got planned, but you're not touching another one of us. So because I remember that. Mm-hmm. Without saying the law, that was almost me professing that nothing would come from this because I almost left you, not left the marriage, almost compromised my freedom mm-hmm. where you would not get to experience these days like this. It was a law then, but I also recognize in addition to that statement, I've heard you say, and I'll paraphrase loosely, but very closely, I am the person I was before and more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which would mean that because we experienced one attempt at manifestation or one attempt at a heart's desire plan that doesn't arrive, doesn't mean we are no longer able to do that. And let me even say this further. As I recognized what I was experiencing, this idea that I was leaving her behind, As the tears fell, it became clear for me that I had this idea that I couldn't manifest anything because I couldn't bring Kamayu forth. But Kamayu came. Mm -hmm. She came, right? Like I gave birth to that child and she was here. And I needed to remember that. And Kariga, I tell you, the way she showed up for me later to to confirm. Mm -hmm. So after... I experience the naming of something so incredibly important that has taken me almost three years to understand about myself. I'm having a conversation with one of my very good friends, Zeal, mm-hmm. and we're talking for like an hour and some change. And at the end of the conversation, she tells me, man, I've been thinking about my grandma lately. I miss her. And she says to me, I've been thinking about Kamayu too. Mm-hmm. And it just, my heart swelled. Mm-hmm. My heart swelled so big to hear that because it's exactly what I wanted. And it confirmed that I, that she was here and that I brought her forth, right? Only way she could miss her. That's the only way. But this fear that I also had that she could be forgotten mm-hmm. in this way where people just wouldn't, wouldn't see her anymore because all you can see is Kamali. In fact, like, no, she knows her. She remembers her. I think Zeal remembers her. And I also think that Kamayu comes to us Mm -hmm. in the hearts of those who hold space. When you said you brought her forth, I wanted to add, you brought her forth and further than any of us have gone. Mm. And the discomfort in that is that it feels like you left. But you're just further. You're not gone. Yeah. And that distance is really hard for us to process. Mm -hmm. Evidence in our cognition. Mm -hmm. A child. When you walk out the room, they don't know when you're coming back. They don't have a concept of time yet. 
And that's why they respond the way they do. If they knew you were just going to the bathroom, just let me go to the bathroom. If they knew you were just going to the bathroom, they might be able to process that. In fact, when they get older, they do. No matter how old we are here, we're not old enough to know what's beyond here. Mm. And you never picture your child going that far. We all want our children to be ahead of where we were at their age. But no one ever wants your child to be that far. When your child goes away to school and earns a really fancy degree. <laughs> they're far, but you have an idea of the distance. You know how to get to them, but you're proud of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm proud of what Kamaiu's doing. Mm. She, she's further than I can imagine. But as John pointed out to me, she's never separate of me. He told me when he thinks of God, he doesn't have a face. He has a feeling. He has a truth. He knows it as it's guided him. He said, but you and Felicia can see a face of something so pure. Undoubtedly. That is an extension of God and God's love. And it hurt us. And it grew us. And it's growing us. And the only way I know to continue to grow is to rehearse the knowings. And that's why that affirmation for me was so important. Because without rehearsing that knowing, this feels like wash, drain, repeat, wash. It feels like a, it just mm -hmm. feels like you're going around. Mm -hmm. I celebrate your courage to be grounded. I celebrate your courage to have a yearning for your child. My mother has a lot of children and she has learned how to see us and call us at an hour that is just for us. <laughs> she knows what her children need. You know what your children need and you went to spend time with her differently and you came back with teachings for us all. In the men's group that I facilitate, the Men's Wellness Fellowship, mm -hmm. a room full of men, we were talking about our feelings and those realities. And I brought a very uh, wonderful writer into the room. Okay. Her name is Felicia. You weren't there, but your book uh -uh. was. <laughs> and I, I read from When We Are Open, right? Mm. What I know is this. Not only is your pursuit for Kamayu and your grounding in her good for me, mm. it was good for every man in that room. Mm. Every last one of them. Wow. And I want to recognize the divinity of that love. Thank you. Spirit divine, attend to my prayer. When we share our stories and are open about our feelings, we create room for compassion and connectedness. We create room for reference. We create room for love. Thank you for your reference, Felicia. Thank you. Thank you for your love. In all the many ways it shows up. And I've thanked you before, but I'm thanking you again differently than I've ever had before. 
for bringing Kamayu to us through you further than we ever mm. desired or dared to go. But what I know is there is no there is no past we can return to. Mm-hmm. So let the future exceed what I can imagine because it's forwards ever and backwards never. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And the reference that brings us here. Mm. Grief as an experience of love. We also like to thank our executive producers, Cody and Tommy Oliver, our producer, Crystal Hill, and our wonderful, massive team of editors. Until we connect again, may we all love more abundantly. Peace. Peace. Peace.